0: I think it's like very beautiful that you were able to take such immense loss and make a difference in the world. Not saying that. wake up. <laughs> one of the questions she asked me was, you know, like, what do you miss about your dad? And. Sorry, I thought I was
1: just, just, just two teary <laughs> gals. <laughs> oh my God. Hello, and welcome to Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Vivian and Rowena. Hi, everyone. So, We've gotten a lot of questions over the years, myself personally, and also with this podcast on the topic of grief. And it is something that's near and dear to both of our hearts. It's something that we've gone through and are currently going through. And it's objectively not the easiest topic to talk about. So I'm actually very, I'm personally very excited that we're both ready at the same time to talk about this big thing
0: that isn't really a big thing but it is a big thing it is a big thing and I think that for me in the last year because this is something that's so new um, this was something that I wanted to wait to talk about and I think more recently specifically in 2023 it's what we've talked about where like your body is communicating to you when or when it's not ready, right? And I think that kind of goes along with processing grief as well. And so I'm personally very excited to talk about this with Ro, especially because our timeline with grief has been very different in the sense that I think what you will be sharing about happened to you plus 10 years ago versus um, for me, this was something that recently happened last year. And so it will be really cool to see Um, Just, you know, what is shared, what your process has been like, what mine has been like, and learn from each other how to be a better friend for someone who's going through grief or like processing that. Be a better care team. Yeah. And even
1: though both of our experiences are very unique to us, I feel like grief, we've all gone through grief over the past I don't know, three years since the pandemic, like no matter if it's grieving your past or grieving this person that you were, if it's actually grieving loss or grieving anything, I feel like no matter how big or small things are, grief is a universal feeling. So no matter what you're going through, know that it is valid.
0: All right. So let's start with your story of grief and when it happened for you what happened and maybe what that was like at that time when you first experienced it and how that impacted your life oh man it impacted everything
1: and it changed everything i feel like should i just read an excerpt from my journal because i feel like it can help paint a very very good picture i might cry I was reading it earlier, and I was about to cry. Mm. But I think I'll i think I'll just read it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since
0: that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: So this event happened when I was 17, and I wrote this as a 20-year-old. Three years ago today, who would have thought? There's nothing else in the world that I want more than to be able to sit down and talk. Sit and talk with you one last time. I'm trying to be reasonable. That's not too much to ask for, right? Right. I want you to see how far I've come. I want to see how proud you would be of me. I want you to see how deeply you have inspired me, moved me, changed me for the better, forever. I want to ask you a mindful of questions. I want to reminisce about the nights where we had impromptu live talks plopped right on my bed. The time you swore I sliced your finger open, fighting over the mint green Karopi scissors. The time you bawled because you thought I was going to die with a Lego stuck up my left nostril. (laughs) <laughs> I want to giggle about how strangely naive and impeccably childish I was. I want to apologize for being a pain in the ass 98% of the time. I want to thank you for shaping me into the strong and independent woman that I am today. The loving and dutiful daughter. The genuine and honest friend. I want to hear her voice. I want to see your face. I want to see that signature gleaming smile of yours. And I guess, after all this, I really just want one last suffocating bear hug so much has changed clemmy i miss you (laughs) so this is my brother and this happened how many years ago now 2009 like 14 years ago wow and i wrote this 11 years ago wow i think like the beauty of Like pen and paper and documenting your life in this way is I feel everything that's being written in here and I remember so clearly the person that I was and where I was at this time and it's strange at the same time because it's almost like I'm looking at someone completely different because although I did write this yeah I think like over time over 10 years I've also grown a lot but it's beautiful to have a documentation of the different mind spaces and the different thoughts that I've had throughout the years. Because, yeah, I think like, I don't know, growing up, I've always prided myself like, I have a sharp memory. I'm going to remember everything. But now that like we're in our 30s, I was like, yeah, some things are turning fuzzy. <laughs> it's You know, the things that aren't as top of mind, front of mind, you're not really going to remember. Um, but overall, I feel this is something my coach said to me, and I'm gonna say it to my younger self. I feel very tender towards my younger self. I am very proud, even more proud now, looking back at how strong and independent I was. Like the two words that I used. I mean, yeah, we can. We'll we'll get into this more later. But I see so much of like everything makes sense. The person that I am today, the you know, inner voices, the things that are sometimes holding me back, the things that are pushing me, it's all in here,
0: Mm -hmm. which is crazy. So at the time that this happened, so right now we were just talking about 23 years after that happened, your journal entry, Um, when everything first happened, how did you make sense of your new world Because everything changed, right? The moment you lost your brother, nothing went back to what it used to be. And so how did you make sense of that as a 17-year-old? For as much as everything changed, I felt like I lived as if nothing's
1: changed. If that makes sense. I literally went back to school the next day, even though I was feeling like completely hollow and vacant inside. And I don't know. I think when you're 17, you don't know that you can take time to grief or you can take time for yourself or to take a week off to be with family but I think because of how shocked maybe we all were including my parents that my dad left relatively soon to go back to work as well and I think it's just how my family dealt with it like between my parents and I And I think we're all just objectively pretty independent people emotionally and also life. We would rather figure things out on our own than to potentially burden each other. Or at least that's how I thought. And I think because the very front of mind thought for me was like, Okay, well now that my brother's not here, he was older. There's this like Chinese saying that like if the if the sky falls, mom and dad are there to like hold it up. And then if mom and dad aren't de- there, then for me, there's my brother. And so by the time, because I'm like the youngest, I'm like <laughs> not a care in the world. And I think that's how I've been living most of my life. But at 17, this is when this is the first time where I was like, oh, well, you know, now that my brother's not here, it's kind of like the responsibility is now falling onto me to be that child dutiful respectful loving caring child to my parents not that I wasn't but it's even more front of mind and so I think my objective and my focus during that time was to just be strong for my parents be strong for my family because someone had to I don't know if it's like I didn't want to seem weak or I didn't want to whatever, but uh, a thing that came to mind was I also want to show my peers that something so tragic can happen to you, but it is up to you to decide how to react to it. And so I think this like vision of strength just clouded my vision for better or for worse. And I just went on autopilot.
0: Yeah.
1: Of not feeling because to be able to live with this I didn't allow myself to feel.
0: I know that this happened at a very young age and it's also very interesting to hear how this impacted your parents and how they dealt with it at that time right losing a child and I don't think it's it makes sense why like something so big losing someone in your life in that way That is so, so painful that even for me, when something like this happens, my first reaction is, let's fix things, let's make things better, let's do something to make it better. Let's not cry in front of my parents, because I don't want them to be sad. Let's show people that like, I can handle it, you know, so that everyone else around me feels comfortable. They don't feel pity for me, or like, I'm showing that like, I'm okay, when the reality is like, you're not okay. But I think part of that phase in the loss is also just not knowing how to be okay with not being okay right like taking time as a 17 year old or taking time as a 30 year old I think it's never easy I think it was probably a lot more confusing for you at the time because your identity was just so like fresh you know like you're still learning about yourself it was non-existent <laughs> yeah like you're a baby <laughs> you're in still you're 17. yeah so Um, I can see how that really shaped your path at that time instead of and I loved what you said how like that need to be strong clouded your vision for better or for worse and just really prevented you from allowing yourself to feel the grief at the time right I always hear about the five stages of grief and I actually don't know what the five stages are do you It's like I think you made a video about this a while ago
1: I did okay it's denial anger bargaining depression acceptance I think I jumped to acceptance
0: like (laughs) so like that to me is also interesting because that the denial part I don't know how much of like avoiding feeling the sadness or the grief is me being in denial or like even for you right like jumping to acceptance like Mm -hmm. do you feel like you went through all five stages or because I know in the past you've also mentioned as you said you kind of just jumped straight to acceptance because your brother was no longer here so like what else were you going to do about it
1: yeah I think that was it I think because if you look at the I'm gonna look at the five stages the denial part is like there's nothing to deny like it's you know like there's nothing I can do to bring this person back. For anger, I was like, anger's not gonna solve anything. To bargain, there's literally nothing to bargain with. I actually probably jumped straight into depression and acceptance. I think I was already a little bit depressed at that time. And yeah, towards the end of high school was when I like started going through a lot of, you know, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. So I think that may have already been there lingering. And then with this, it's just like, it just went straight to depression acceptance, mm-hmm. like to combined. Yeah. Because to me, in my mind is, yeah, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can physically do to fix this situation in a sense where like I can bring someone back. But I think this is interesting because in your situation, the context of grief is similar, but it's also different.
0: Mm hmm can you help us paint a picture? (laughs) To kind of paint a a picture, um, my parents divorced when I was five and my mom remarried when I was 10. So I've known my stepdad since I was like seven, I think. I pretty much grew up with him. He was a huge father figure role in my life. And in December of 2021, my dad had this kind of freak accident where something infected his brain and he lost a huge chunk of his memory and isn't able to form new memories. So I think the best way I could describe that is if you've watched 51st Dates or Finding Nemo. In 51st Dates, Drew Barrymore's character refreshes her memory every 24 hours and it almost is like she has to start anew. And then in Finding Nemo, dory has very bad short-term memory and so every five minutes dory will ask the same questions over and over again and so essentially what happened with my dad my stepdad who i also call my dad um he had lost his memory and he lost like the last 20 years of his life which is the 20 years of relationship that i had with my stepdad 20 years worth of memory of his life. Of memory yes so if I was to ask him hey like what college did I go to he could not remember um, and then forming new memories he couldn't form as well so meeting my boyfriend for example he can't remember after like every 10 minutes he'll know that like this person's in the room but it's hard to like put the thoughts and like connect it together my stepdad is also very young, I would consider him young. He's 54. And so we had had this like plan for the future, right? And I'm sure like even with your brother, you have all these hopes and dreams for your life together. And so part of the grieving process for me, and it was interesting because I didn't physically lose my stepdad. He's still here, but I had to grieve the loss of who he was, the role that he played in my life as one of, like, the safer, like, parent, parental figures in my life, and then also, like, the loss of the future that we could have had together with him being, like, healthy. I asked you the question about, like, the five stages of grief. I was in full denial for like the first six months and the week that he went into the hospital was the week that we started voice hugs podcast and so when you look back at how voice hugs kind of like happened last year it makes so much sense that I jumped straight into work and you know like I need to find meaning in my life I need to make my life meaningful because this happened to my stepdad and he gave me so much for me to like make an impact on the world and I kind of hear that similarity with you where it's like because your brother passed away at such a young age you feel like it's your responsibility to live both of you know like a life for him and then a life for yourself and to like make good in the world I I think that's something that's common when someone experiences loss you need to like reflect and figure out oh my god like what is life now everything's changed I need to find meaning I need to hold on to something that will make this loss meaningful for everyone and make it meaningful for them because it's unfair that they've lost what they've lost I guess for me I was in denial for a long time I was very angry about the situation and that's where I would take it out on my boyfriend (laughs) sporadically and he didn't you know like it was just really tough for everybody last year and then I fell into like a huge depression by the end of the year so I definitely do think that I went through um, the stages but I do want to point out that I don't think these stages are linear and that's something that I'm curious to ask you about too is that Because so much time has passed, can you go in and out of the depression, right? Like same thing with your acceptance, like you accept it, but then do you ever revert back to like, well, this is kind of unfair, like this, this is not, and then you feel angry, you know, like what has that experience been like for you? I think within
1: all of these feelings, there's also deeper layers of each feeling. It's like, it's hard because it's feelings, right? And then I was going to say you can choose what to spend more time and energy on and I think because I was in a place where I've already accepted at least surface level for the most part there's nothing to really make sense of at least for the situation right there's not much I can be angry about there's not much I can be in denial about there's not much that I can try to bargain for because it is what it is I think I naturally move towards acceptance pretty quickly. And I try to focus on how can I accept this, I guess, even more deeply. And as you said, it's like when something like this happens, you tend to throw yourself to either distract yourself or to busy yourself and to also try to find meaning out of why this happened. And I think that was my journey for the four, five, six years that followed, where I was know we're we're in college you're partying it up maybe I'm speaking for myself because not so much or not definitely not as much as I did Um, but I think I definitely threw myself into this lifestyle because I was simultaneously still trying to avoid while I was grappling with okay but like what does this all mean like why are we here as humans if someone can come into this world just as quickly as they leave it like You know, is this thing that we've been sold our whole lives? I even wrote it in my journal. I just read it of like, you know, okay, I go to a good college. I graduate. I marry my best friend. We have beautiful babies. We have a beautiful house. And then I grow old and die. Like, is that it? And I think that was just like the thing that was like, but there should be more. And I think my personal journey took the path of spirituality. And the more I leaned into it, the more that I think it kind of gave back to me. I think I've shared this on the podcast before. I've definitely shared it on YouTube where one day coming home, I was reading like a scripture of my spiritual practice and it wasn't even anything that I read, but a thought just popped up my in my mind where I was like, okay, what if you and your brother in a past life signed a pact together that in this life, he would depart before you so that you as Rowena can accomplish what both of you guys sought out to do together and Mm -hmm. I think in that moment it really was this like colossal turning point where I think up until that point like I'm human like we we all still have emotions so like I would still get sad from time to time um like crippling crying that like I never knew you can humanly hurt so much from crying so hard like that was previously Um, so I think like depression like it was fully there but over time was able to pull out of it and this moment of clarity ever since that turning point whenever I would think about my brother whenever I think about what happened it wouldn't necessarily be like a happy thing but I think I was able to reframe it to a positive encouraging motivating thing than anything else that it may have been before hmm yeah
0: maybe because this is still new for me like a recent thing it's like so hard for me to envision myself not being in denial like right now still and like not feeling angry like what happened has happened but I feel stuck in some of these feelings I guess like what I'm getting from this is that everyone processes it so differently and there is no wrong or right way and I think like when the loss happens there are so many factors that play into how you're going to process that whether it's age whether it's a sibling a parent a pet how they impacted your life and how you're going to make sense of that. And so I think it's like very beautiful that you were able to take such immense loss and make it something in your life that became so meaningful, so driving like for you. And also like with that, make a difference in the world. Not saying that- Tearing up? <laughs> Not saying that everyone's loss has to- Result in that, you know. But I think like you were so young, and I think there's a lot of like love we can give to that young Rowena, and just like being tender with her as well. I often hear you say like you don't have to. What is it like? Carry the the world on your shoulder like by yourself, and I think that is still very much true. Like even just like the way that you're describing everything and like how you processed it, it's like it's okay to take some time and give that part of Rowena that like extra love and not have to like, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. I think grief is really hard. And, and, you know, another thing, you know, like, thank you so much for sharing all of this. And obviously this is a very intimate, like soft place right now in this conversation. I think it also goes to show that grief never fully leaves you like the impact never I don't know if it gets better I think it is less intense but I think the loss is always there and you would just feel it a little bit differently but like it never goes away or at least that's how I feel right now <laughs> it's still really new for me but um yeah I don't know do you have anything to share
1: no I, I thought that What you said was very beautiful just now of how grief never really goes away and I think how it stays with you, I believe that you can choose how it stays with you as well. If you want it to be a beautiful, harmonious thing in your life, I think we can turn it into that. We can also focus on the fact that it's not fair and that something like this shouldn't have happened and that, you know they were such good people and why do good things always happen to bad or why do bad things always happen to good people I think that is also that is also very valid right but I think if we follow that train of thought it's also very clear the type of burden and the type of emotions that we'll be holding on to will also be very different and I think Like the word that I just used, burden, I actually think it's very, it like paints the picture very well because even though I've chose to see it as like a positive thing and I've learned to live in harmony with it, it's still something that has driven me to be the person that I am today. And I may even say that it has maybe been a burden in my life where I felt that I had to live for two people mm-hmm. because you know maybe it was the pact that we made maybe it was realizing that I'm the only kid left for my parents whatever that pressure was that pressure was still very and it still is to this day very very front of mine that drives a lot of like my inner motivations, the way I do things, the fact that I feel like I'm not doing enough and that I'm not enough as a person. So, I think in this way, it as you said in the beginning, it completely changes you. It completely changes your life. And I think like that's just a it's just a it's just a byproduct of what it is. Like these big life events happen and it'll completely reshape or shape the way you know, shape the people that we are today but I still feel like we can choose how it shapes us I guess or like how we choose to process and handle at the end of the day everyone deals with it so differently and I really don't think there's a right or wrong way to process it because for as quote-unquote well as I thought I process it I'm still learning now that there's still so much that I have an impact. And I'm learning 10 plus years removed that it's still impacting me in ways that I didn't know. And none of this is like good or bad. It's just like, it is objectively what it is. And I think that's the beauty of life.
0: Yeah, I think that's something to point out and note too, is that like this conversation on this day and this year, this time for both of us in our lives is very specific to where we are in our personal journey of processing this grief or this loss. And so what you're saying today, what I'm saying today is definitely not necessarily what we would say five years from now 10 years from now you know like if you watch the videos that you put out earlier on and how you talked about that grief and how you processed it it's different than what you're saying now slightly different not completely but um, I think there's different takeaways and I think that also just goes to show that depending on what phase you are in in your grieving process your mind will come up with ways to help you move forward whenever it is ready to or not ready to your mind will automatically direct you in that way because there's only so much that we can handle at once and that's why you go into these like there are different coping mechanisms right partying drinking throwing yourself into work those are ways that your body is processing the grief because it's either not allowing you to like physically feel that pain or you're just not ready for it it's protecting you from yourself yeah and so I think like with all of that being said for someone who may be going through like this grieving process right now even though we are all doing it on our own time and in our own way, what are some strategies or ways that have helped you over the years deal with it so that you're kind of processing it or processing it, you know, because we don't want to just completely avoid it. It will come out in other ways. Um, yeah. What has helped you over time? I would like to ask
1: you that question. <laughs> throwing it back to Viv yeah I feel like I've been talking so much and I'd also love to first hear where where do you think you currently are on your grieving journey as well and would you say you're still grieving
0: um I'm definitely still grieving I recently went to Taiwan and I saw my stepdad there and I think that was pretty hard I've been having a hard time readjusting back to my routine since I've come back I think that like if I was to pinpoint like where I am right now I'm like somewhere in between like not as depressed as I was last year a little bit and then also still in denial whenever I'm not with my dad I almost like forget that he exists and my mind does that often i think in the past when i've had relatives pass away it's almost like my mind erases them from my memory which is really interesting because they're like um they're like big people in my life but like my mind literally erases my memories with them so i'm still definitely like in it This year compared to last year, I'm accepting it a lot more. I think I'm accepting it a lot more in that like now that I have more time to myself, I have to sit with those feelings and I have to like make peace with it a little bit more. But yeah, it's really tough. I think something that's also tough is that this impacts you almost every day. Like you think about this loss in some way, shape or form every day, but sometimes it feels like the rest of the world is moving on as if like nothing has happened, but like your world has changed. And something that I realized with like friends even is that like a lot of times people ask me like, Hey, how's your dad doing? But they don't always ask you like, Oh, how are you doing? And That's something that I wouldn't have known to do for a friend who is grieving if I had not experienced that myself. I feel like I'm rambling a bit, but...
1: No, I think it's like, just to follow up on what you're saying, you mentioned how you've been able to move towards a more accepting place. What do you think happened or did anything change?
0: Or did you... Do anything to kind of shift? I think I had to like really cry it out. And I wasn't really crying it out intentionally the first half of last year. And I don't know if you remember from a few episodes ago, I was talking about how every time I saw a friend, I would cry and I would try to hold it in because I'm like, I don't want to cry right now, but it's like coming out. And I think like one of the first things was like, Viv, you just need to be sad about it like you just need to let yourself cry and if you can cry with someone else that's even better because as vulnerable and as crappy as you feel crying in front of someone after you're done you feel seen and rewind a little bit cry in front of someone who can actually hold space for you because not everyone feels comfortable with someone else's grief and I've definitely experienced that where I've told a friend like I think I'm really depressed right now and she just like switched the conversation to something else and I was like okay this is not because she doesn't love me it's because like she's having a hard time dealing with like my big feelings and so for me like one of the biggest things is like crying it out to the people that you know can hold that space for you People who have experienced loss before can relate a little bit better to you. Go into therapy. Um, And I think like also like remembering them. Something that like really helped me was sometimes like I remember my supervisor, she had experienced grief and loss. And one of the questions she asked me was, you know, like, what do you miss about your dad? And
1: voice hmm. hugs the I
0: wish <laughs> I can give you a real hug. I think, like when you're reading your journal entry, you're having like a conversation with your brother, right, and you're like, "I wish I could do these things. I miss." when you're on the bed with me or I miss like these conversations that we had I think you have to like talk about that and share that with other people or like say it out loud with yourself like there have been so many nights where I pretend to talk to my dad and I just tell him like I miss you yeah sorry <laughs> I thought I was just gonna two, cry at just episode. two teary gals <laughs> oh Uh, okay hold on Uh, this is a pretty accurate reflection of my life right now and that's okay yeah but yeah i think like having those conversations is important and remembering them and like celebrating what was grieving what was and it's okay to feel sad about like the future like I think about when I have kids and I'm like I don't know if my stepdad's gonna remember them every time he meets them it's kind of like the notebook you know when mm-hmm. she doesn't recognize her own kids Um and so you just have to like think about those things and make peace with it not like for me it's not so much like well what am I gonna do about it it's more so like okay this is what you're sad about and let's just be sad about it for a little bit and you will adjust to a new life with this loss and that is a part of life like you said like that is that is the part of life like you will experience loss in life no matter who you are we've all experienced loss for sure, you know, even just with the pandemic, like you lost the life that you had previously. And so for me, it's probably just going through it and like, letting yourself go through it and giving yourself grace and patience when you are going through it, or when you're not going through it, like don't push yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was very beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) I'm a puddle. In moments where you are having a conversation, even if it's with yourself about what you'll miss about your dad, how do you usually feel after? Like, is it a cathartic experience? Is it, like, do you leave
0: feeling lighter? I always feel better, 100%. Like, as sad as it is in the moment and as, like, you know, it's like you said, like, you you don't know that you can physically hurt from crying so much. Like, you can't even breathe from your nose sometimes. And you're like, I might die myself. You <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. breathe from both any crevice. <laughs> and then you can't see as well, right? Everything is just kind of blurry and your eyes are puffy. But um, as, like, as much as I hate crying and, like, going through that, every single time I go through it, I say what I want to say out loud. I always feel like something just like lifted off my chest. Like it always feels better. Every time I've cried in front of a friend as crappy as it feels in the moment and as much as I don't want to be a burden to them, I always feel more supported, more cared for most of the time (laughs) by my friends. Yeah. Because... Big hugs. hugs.
1: I think what you said earlier about just allowing yourself to go where you know you need to go, whether that is, I think there will be moments where you just, you can't face it. And it's not healthy to face it when you can't face it. Just like how if you can face it, but you're like choosing not to and you're running away. I think it's like the two extremes. So to really allow yourself the space. The grace and I think being aware enough about where you are and being honest with yourself of like I can do it but I'm running away or I can't do it so it's okay to revisit at a later time I think that's probably like the number one most important thing I would say yeah whether it is talking it out loud to yourself whether it is writing it down whether it is talking to friends I think so long as you have some sort of an outlet to express things that are things that you've been bottling up, I think that can make all the difference because we talk about this all the time and you even said it just now of even though some of us may feel like we need to hold the burden of the world on our own shoulders, like we don't need to suffer alone. You know, especially because again, as We've been saying, like, literally, we've all gone through some sort of loss. And so it's okay, and we will be okay. And more often than not, our friends will be able to at least empathize with us in these moments. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be patient with yourself. I think, like, we all know that we're going to be okay for the most part i think everyone knows we're gonna be okay (laughs) but um when you get there like is on your own time you know like sometimes i feel like oh because this happened to my dad a year ago maybe people think i'm fine now and even you right it's like oh because this happened to you 14 years ago maybe she's totally fine now and she's like not thinking about it as much anymore but that's could be true might not be true you know like I think it still lives with you and just like you said even after all these years it still comes out in ways that you didn't even know it existed in you in that way so being patient with yourself and having hope I think that things will get better yeah or things will be okay Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I think one of our favorite books man's search for meaning hope is the the key to also make sense of our suffering or if we're able to find meaning through our suffering yeah through any of the adversities that we face Mm -hmm. tying it back to care teams and how you didn't realize yourself that You know, sometimes when friends would ask you, how's your dad doing, but they don't ask how Viv is doing. What are some other ways that you've learned of how friends can support you better Mm. as you're grieving?
0: So this is something that my boyfriend actually did a lot in the beginning, and he would keep saying like, your dad's gonna get better. Like things are gonna get better. It's okay. Like have hope, have faith that you know he his brain damage is going to undamage itself, um, or also that like you're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. And I know we just literally said this, but I think this is kind of in a different context. In that, in the moment when I'm crying and I'm like really sad. I already know things are going to be like, I know I'm going to live tomorrow, you know, like I know I'm going to move forward in my life. I have no choice but to live, you know, but I think like in the moment, what has helped me the most, and this is something that he has recently done with me, and I felt a huge shift in our relationship as well, is saying that like, you know what, things are really crappy, but I'm here with you. I will be here Mm. with you. No matter what and like whatever happened in the past, whatever loss you've experienced, whatever pain you're going through now, I will be next to you and I will support you and I might not understand how hard it is for you. I can't understand. I'm not in your shoes, right? But no matter what, I will hold your hand and I will always be here in whatever way I can and in whatever way that like you need me to be. And something as simple as saying, like, I support you. I am here (laughs) with you. That makes a huge difference in someone's, like, moment when they are feeling so defeated or so sad about something. Yeah, you don't really want to fix it for them. And I know a lot of, we love going to fix it mode, right? Like, I'm going to help you feel better by showing (laughs) you a brighter (laughs) future. Yeah. Yeah but it is just sitting in that space with them for that time you know and 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 trust that they're not going to be in that space forever so you don't have to fix it it's not your job to fix it either Mm -hmm. yeah
1: wow that was very
0: beautiful go boyfriend (laughs) i mean he didn't say it the way that i said it but that's how (laughs) i took it And that's what's most important. Yeah, that's how I took it. It was like one <sighs> sentence for him and then yeah. we both teared up right when he said it and Aww. I was like, "Okay, done." <laughs> I get this all.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I just threw my jacket back on backwards to hug me because <laughs> I feel like I feel like we all need a
0: hug right now. We need a hug right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think for me the the main thing that I found is like we're all humans going through our lives doing our best right and so as you said you know sometimes you'll bring it up to a friend and then because they don't know how to respond they'll change the conversation things like that right i think throughout the past 14 years whenever i bring up my brother you know i've gotten a spectrum of different responses for the most part like they're all very positive or like i can tell It's never because they don't care that they respond the way they do. It's Mm -hmm. always because they do care and sometimes they care so much that they freeze and they don't know how to react. So they say something different or they like take the conversation a different way. Um, A little thing for me is like when I tell people and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. In my mind, I'm like, you're fine you don't need to be sorry, like, you didn't do anything, it wasn't you. Um, But I think, like, you know, being with James and understanding more of why people feel sorry, it's like they're not feeling sorry about that necessarily, but maybe it's because, like, that you had to go through what you need to go through. So I think that's something that I'm learning, Mm -hmm. but I think I just didn't like people looking at me like sympathetically because I think like sympathy is different from empathy empathy is like I feel you I see you and like you know and I think sympathy or maybe even like pity it's more like oh like that's sad and you know like I feel you know like I don't know I just I don't want I don't want people to feel sorry for me I'm fine you know like things will be fine it's okay I'm just sharing because I want you to know that this is something that's important to me Um, but going back to understanding now that everyone's just trying to react and converse in the best way that i that they know how how. i also never take people's response too seriously because if i feel comfortable enough opening up to
0: someone about this for the most part they're like they're good people you know so Mm -hmm. one last thing like exactly what you said of like, you know, we now know that other people respond in the way that they know how. I think it's also important to remember the reverse of people grieve in the way they know how. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times we judge people for what they're doing in their life, right? And sometimes, like, honestly, I feel like the whole last year I was operating out of like, trying to survive my like own brain and my feelings and to remember that like you don't know what someone is going through if they're not talking about their loss if they're not talking about their grief it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. mean that they even know that they're going through it or that like it they're not going through it so just again like focus on yourself take care of yourself don't judge other people don't judge yourself and just letting yourself like, just giving yourself grace, like, wherever you are in your life. hmm Yeah. What well,
1: you just said just brought up something for me. So I don't really think about high school or, like, unless they're my high school friends, I don't really think about, like, people of my past. And a few years ago, one of my high school besties told me that people had thoughts about how I was grieving about my brother and how it was weird that I seemed so fine. And... I'm not someone who gets moved easily by what people say, but in that moment, I was so pissed because I was like, but you don't know what truly was going on behind closed doors, and had you known or had you just asked, you would have seen what was kind of like behind closed doors. And so, you know, at the same time, it's like, yes, don't judge other people. But then where I am now, I'm also like, well, yeah, they also didn't know better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're all in our teens, early 20s. People say silly things when they're young. I've said silly things when I was young, I'm sure. Um not even when you're young people
0: say really silly things now (laughs) now i mean not us but like just like in general like the world we talk about our youth in that way but like i read comments recently on like people's stuff and i'm like people are mean like people are just judging left and right yeah Yeah. anyways so just
1: do you boo-boos embrace all seasons (laughs) of life with open arms okay yeah we're on this together okay
0: Yes, and if you are currently going through grief or experiencing loss, we are here for you, and we have experienced some form of that as well, so you are not alone in those feelings. Um, you can always reach out to us if you feel comfortable. Our email is hello at com, or you can shoot us a DM at hello voice hugs. Gosh darn it, I always do that. <laughs> at, at voice hugs podcast. And sending everyone lots of love, lots of voice hugs, lots of big bear hugs. Put a jacket yeah. over yourself like this. I a know, Sweater like this. hug. And with a sweater over your body if you guys feel
1: so inclined and if you guys have enjoyed our conversation. You can leave us a a little review. For the podcast, wherever you're listening to, Apple, Spotify, anywhere, it'll help us reach even more people with our beautiful message. All right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I was like, did I just say our message is beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> with,
0: you'll help reach every people with <laughs> hugs. <laughs> yes. More love. More love. More, more, more hugs, hugs. less drugs. Oh. <laughs> less. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Have a great day wherever you are in the world. Voice hugs. Voice hugs. Bye.